Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. How are you? It is John C. Morley here, serial entrepreneur, and you're tuned into the J. Moore Tech Talk Show. Welcome, everyone. Uh, this is the last J. Moore Tech Talk Show for 2023. Don't worry, we're going to be back next year uh, with even more episodes starting on January 5th. And we got lots of great guests coming, so there's a lot of great stuff happening, including us going to a live studio next year. There's a lot of stuff happening that uh, I can't wait to share with you, uh, including us uh, getting ready to go on TikTok as well. So there's a lot of stuff that's uh, coming to the forefront. Uh, first, if you are new here, go ahead and scan that QR code. Um, if you can't get the QR code because you're on a mobile device, well, then just remember to go to believemeachieve.com for my amazing, inspiring creations. And so I do welcome you here, uh, whether you're here at 7 o'clock at night when we're live or um, in the morning at 7 a.m., 12 noon, 12 midnight, 3 a.m., 3 p.m., potato, patata. I'm just so grateful that you're here with us and uh, going to get some great information from this show, which is really packed with a lot of information and some stuff that I think you're going to want to know about, especially if you're into cars. All right, guys, so let's get right into the show. Uh, first thing I want to let you know is this show's master topic is tech alchemy. And that is meta musings, AI firestorms, and iOS wizardry unleashed in the JMOR's, yes, show 52. Can you believe, ladies and gentlemen, we're in our 52nd show? I, I, I just can't believe it. And we're actually in our second year. This is like absolutely unreal and we're going to be growing even more but i do want to say thank you to you guys because the jay moore tech talk show since we have taken over in-house and um you know we relinquished uh the control of another company that wasn't doing anything and we're now managing it under our own umbrella under orbital media we are now at ten thousand four hundred downloads and um, although we're not open for public advertisement yet, we will be. Um, our other show has hit 107,000, and we opened it up to public advertising once we reached 100,000. I'm not sure if we're going to wait till 100,000 or it might just wait to 50,000. I'm not sure. But um, our, our show is growing. Uh, Inspirations of Your Life is a daily show, and the Jane Moore Tech Talk is a weekly show. So, again, before we get into the show, I want to let you know a little bit about who I am in case you guys are tuning in and say, hey, who is this guy? I see this guy every single week. I see him on all kinds of shows. But who is he? This is some guy from New Jersey. He's talking about tech. He's talking about motivation. But, but who is John? And, you know, what does John really do? And I think that's a, that's a great question, um, you know, to ask because a lot of people say, you know, 
We love your content. We know we love what you're doing. But I am John Seymourly. I am a serial entrepreneur, and I am a podcast host and a podcast coach. And I'm a specialist in helping businesses tell their story so they'll be able to scale and be more profitable. Now, I typically work with companies that bring in $10 million or more and companies that really want to find their story from the truth, from the core. All right. Hello there, uh, Junad. Uh, I'm great. How do we join? Um, so you can you can definitely go to believemeachieve.com. But when we roll out to more stuff, definitely go to um, our TikTok and definitely get that up because we want to get our followers up to 3,000. But we're not open for advertisers yet. Um, but you can obviously subscribe here on LinkedIn. Uh, you can uh, like the YouTube videos that I put out. But also, please go to TikTok and please um, definitely um, become a subscriber there because we want to reach 3,000 viewers. And the reason we want to do that, uh, this year we made a plan to hit Instagram, which we did. And we want to make a plan very soon in 2024 to be streaming live on TikTok. We're creating some amazing content. So again, now you know who I am. I want to talk a little bit about an interesting word, and it's called alchemy. So what is alchemy? Um, so alchemy is a very interesting word. Uh, you might have heard of it from medieval times. Uh, so it's a noun. Um, and according to Merriam-Webster, and I quote, it's a medieval chemical science and speculative philosophy aiming to achieve the transmutation of the base materials into gold. The discovery of a universal cure for disease and discovery of a means of indefinitely prolonging life, a power or process that changes or transforms something into a mysterious or impressive way. All right. So now you know a little bit about what alchemy is. So I want to let you know about this this uh, show tonight. So we, the first thing I want to dive right into is the FTC. So the Federal Trade Commission, ladies and gentlemen, bans Rite Aid from using AI, artificial intelligence. Wow. And that's AI facial recognition to be more specific. So according to the FTC, um, they banned Rite Aid from using AI um, facial recognition technology uh, for surveillance purposes. And the ban is going to last for five years and uh, to settle the FTC charges that the retailer uh, failed to implement reasonable procedures and prevent harm to consumers in its use of facial recognition technology in hundreds of their stores. Uh, the proposed order will require Rite Aid to implement comprehensive safeguards to prevent these types of harm to consumers when deploying automated systems that use biometric information to track them or flag them as security risks. It will also require Rite Aid to discontinue use of any such technology if it cannot control potential risks to its consumers. To settle the charges it violated in 2010, the FTC data security order uh, by failing to adequately oversee its service provider. Rite Aid will also be required to implement a robust information security system. So, um, you know, this is a problem. So you might be saying, hey, John, so what did uh, Rite Aid do to get them AI banned? I mean, I think that's probably the question you have. So. In a complaint filed in a federal court, the FTC says that from 2012 to 2020, Rite Aid deployed artificial intelligence-based facial recognition technology in order to identify customers who may have been engaged in shoplifting or other problematic behavior. Unfortunately, uh, this technology didn't do what it was supposed to do. 
Uh, and the company allegedly used the technology to identify customers that may have been shoplifting or otherwise misbehaving, according to the FTC's late announcement this past Tuesday. Um, when using it to build a database, what they call a POI, person of interest, that was paired with other identifying information, the system generated thousands of false positive matches. That led store employees to erroneously follow and accuse customers disproportionately uh, women and people of color of misbehavior. So Rite Aid's reckless use of facial surveillance systems left its customers facing humiliation and other harms, and its order violations put consumers' sense information at risk. And uh, according to Samuel Levine, director of the FTC's Bureau of Consumer Protection, said in the announcement, quote, Today's groundbreaking order makes clear that the commission will be vigilant in protecting the public from unfair biometric surveillance and unfair data security practices. Close quote. In a statement, Rite Aid said it is, quote, pleased with the arrangement, but fundamentally disagrees with the allegations in the complaint. They also say the allegations relate to a facial recognition technology pilot program the company deployed in a limited number of stores. Close quote. The company said, quote, Rite Aid stopped using the technology in this small group of stores more than three years ago before the FTC's investigation regarding the company's use of the technology even began. Close quote. The proposed court order prohibits Rite Aid from deploying or using any facial recognition or analysis system for five years. That's five years, either directly or through an uh, intermediary. It also requires the company to delete all the photos, video, data, models, and algorithms created as part of the effort and to instruct third-party partners to do the same. So um, this is a problem. Um, and, and, you know, there are other issues that are happening with Rite Aid, but I'm not going to get into those now. But this might be a sign on the wall for Rite Aid if they can't come to terms what's really going on. So I just want to let you guys know about that. AI is great, but if we use AI in a manner that is going to harm people, it's going to discriminate for race, religion, sexual orientation, color, creed, right? If we use it for that purpose, then we are being hypocrites. I don't think it was Rite Aid's direct intention to do this, but I also don't think that they really put a lot of effort in making sure that test cases were uh, done to make sure that this wouldn't happen. So I got to say shame on you, Rite Aid, because this was not a very, very good thing on your part. And you're definitely going to pay the piper. All right. Um, I got something I want to share with you. It is, I'll grab my phone here. It is the ability to customize your iOS 15 control panel. Now, this is really, really cool, ladies and gentlemen. So here's what you do. If you go to the settings on your phone, I'm not sure you can see my phone. I'm going to go to settings. And then what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go ahead and type in control, okay? And it's actually control center, not control panel, but it's actually uh, control uh, control center there. Um, and so once you've typed in control center after you've gone to settings on your on your box there, so again, it is control, the control center. I know we want to call it panel because we're used to seeing that, but it's the iOS control uh, center. So once you're there, you're going to see a whole bunch of options. You might not see it because I have protection on my screen. So anything that has a red is included in the control. Anything that has a green is not, such as things like an alarm, uh, a code scanner. So if I touch code scanner, for example, 
And now let's say I come out and if you want to access this really easily, just go to your home screen and on the right hand side of your phone, just swipe down whether it's locked or unlocked. And you're going to see that my, you're not going to be able to see it too well because it is, I mean, guys got to see because it is protection screen. You can see all these new options here. And there's a new one I just added called the, the scanner. And this is find a code to scan. I think that's really, really cool. So there's a lot of features that a lot of people don't know about with their iPhone. I'm not going to get into all those today, but I would encourage you to go to BelieveMeAchieve.com. Check out my latest TikToks where I post all kinds of stuff in this whole week, okay? Uh, starting with this past, uh, I believe it was uh, Monday or Saturday. This whole week I've been talking about tips and tricks that you might not be aware of, but your iPhone has the ability uh, to allow you to harness so really, really cool. You must have the iOS 15 control center in there. And ladies and gentlemen, there's so much in there. Um, so if you go to the control center, if you want to remove something, like let's say I don't want notes on there, I don't want screen mirroring on there, I can just hit the red button. I'm not sure you guys can see it. If I turn my phone just like this, because it has that privacy protection screen, you can see it. Uh, the red, I can just hit it and it would just go off the screen. The plus green on the bottom would allow me to add things. So you have things like flashlight, timer, calculator, camera, uh, hearing impairment, uh, notes, screen mirroring, music recognition, Apple TV remote, um, low power mode, uh, accessibility shortcuts, dark mode, uh, code scanner, uh, alarm, guided access, magnifier, quick notes, screen recording, sound recognition, stopwatch, text size, voice memos, and even your wallet. So these are some cool things. And if you go to the right of any of these options, which is really, really cool, um, you see over here, you have this little option. I actually can take it and I can actually move the order of them just by taking the item and just literally just taking the item by going to the right and I can move it anywhere I want. Now, if I go to the item itself, it doesn't move. So I have to go to the option on the right and then I can move it up and down and around. So I think it's really cool, but just you can do it with the phones locked or not locked. And uh, if I go to my Apple remote, I literally can choose what TV I want to control, providing that I am set up with that. But I did want to share this with you because I think a lot of people don't realize that there's so many uh, tips and tricks our iPhone has that we just never bother to use because they're so tucked away. Uh, there is another one that I want to share with you real quickly. If you were to go into your weather app on your Apple uh, phone there, so you just go to, I'll go to weather, for example. I'll just go to weather app. So if you can see my weather app right now, I'm just going to, uh, let me get back on the screen here. Uh, so you can see my weather app on the phone. Okay. Now on the very bottom of the screen, you're going to see that I have a little, like a little accordion, a piece of paper. If I touch that, you're going to see, I get another screen at the very top. I get some other information here, right? I get things like extreme, heavy, moderate, high. Um, and I think those are pretty helpful because you can actually change the precipitation, uh, by just looking at, looking at the light, the moderate, the heavy, the extreme. You can actually see the different levels of precipitation. But if you go to the right and you touch, you can change your location. But if you click on the bottom stack of papers on the right-hand side, you can change precipitation, temperature, air quality, and wind. And here's what else you can do. You can also change the timeline at the bottom. So, again, these are all features that a lot of people don't know about because they don't know that they can get into their app and actually do these things. There's a lot more that you can learn from my TikToks and other videos. But I did want to just share uh, some things that are important like the ability to customize, you know, your uh, iOS 15's um, control center. 
So here's another interesting one, ladies and gentlemen. So many of you guys um, know Mercedes. Um, they've been around for quite a while. If I had to ask, um, when did Mercedes uh, open? How many years ago was that? Well, according to this, uh, Mercedes, uh, Mercedes, according to the research I have here, Mercedes uh, opened their business in the U.S., uh, in 19, was founded in 1965. And the importation of Mercedes-Benz vehicles actually began in 1952 under Max Hoffman. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so now I have something I want to share with you. And this is not a good thing. Uh, Mercedes is having an issue uh, where the coolant is leaking. Now, what can be done is you can replace the coolant reservoir if the coolant reservoir is leaking, you can replace it with a new one. You have to be sure to drain the old coolant and replace it with the fresh coolant. Replace worn out hoses. If the hoses that carry coolant to and from the engine are worn or cracked, you can replace them with new ones. So Mercedes issue with the coolant leaking. Uh, will they cover it? Well, guess what? Is it covered by your warranty? This is This is the big question. So you should have the dealer top it off or buy the MB coolant and mix it 50-50 with the still water to maintain the coolant's 15-year service life. Um, but the problem is, is that a lot of people are not aware of this. And um, whether it was a 2017, a C200 or GLE, um, this can be a very expensive thing. And, and people feel that if, you know, if the car is running well, well, why do I need a warranty? Well, recently a friend of mine had an issue with their car and I was doing some digging and it actually caused them to literally get rid of their Mercedes. Now, they love Mercedes. They've had several of them, but the dealership, the only thing they would probably do for them is give them maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars. But the cost of repairing this issue was close to six grand. Now, if this cooling issue is not fixed, it can cause issues with the motor, we were told. And so Mercedes is just not really acting in a professional manner. And I got to tell you, I got as much um, of a disrespect now for them as I started to getting for Tesla because of what happened with the, you know, the e-tainment systems getting on fire. But I did want to make you aware that if you do have uh, a Mercedes uh, Benz uh, car or vehicle or truck, uh, the question you might be asking is, so what years uh, is the, the coolant a problem. This is what everybody's asking. Coolant, um, coolant, a problem uh, for leaks. And um, they haven't specified all this information. Um, so if we ask, you know, uh, models affected by, you know, Mercedes uh, coolant leak. And so the recall affects the C-Class, the E-Class, the G-Class, the S-Class, the GLE, and the GLS models sold from 2017 to 2021 with the OM654 and the OM656 diesel engines uh, as well. Now, these locally affected units are part of a global recall reported by CNBC, and the leak may develop between the coolant pump and the vacuum circuit. So this was actually known back in January, January 9th of 2022, but they really didn't do a very good job of letting people know. 
So my uh, friend that had one of these cars decided that they didn't want it anymore. They uh, had it fixed. They sold it and they decided to get a new car. And so I'm really disappointed that they're not taking responsibility for that. So the next thing I want to talk to you guys about is meta. Now, we've heard about the term meta before, haven't we? Sure, we have. But you're probably saying to me, hey, John, what does meta, what does meta mean? Well, meta is one of these interesting words that we hear a lot, but nobody seems to understand like what they do or, you know, what, what they're about, right? I think that's probably something, obviously what you, you know, like, we all know Facebook changed their name to meta and stuff like that, but, but what, what does meta mean? What does it really mean? Um, and I think that could be a little challenging because a lot of people are like, well, I don't really know, like, you know, what this stands for or, you know, what this means. But I can tell you that meta is a word we're going to hear a lot of. So if I had to ask you, what does meta mean in a definition? And so it's not a word you're probably going to just look up. It has to do with referring to itself or to the conventions of its genre, self-referential, the enterprise. For example, if I was making a movie um, about Facebook, how to use Facebook, that would be a meta, okay? Um, Showing or suggesting an explicit awareness of itself or oneself. So if I made a video of myself and my capabilities... That would be meta, right? So a simple definition of meta appears from basically a long, a long word from the Greeks, uh, meaning after, along with, beyond, among, or behind. And in English, on the Greek model, metacarpus, metagenius, okay? And so when we think about it, the meaning of the meta term is most effective tactics available. So that's what meta stands for, most effective tactics available. But it means a lot more than that, ladies and gentlemen. It actually refers to the concept that you're referring to itself. That's when we talk about the world and we talk about creation, manifestation. We talk about meta. So this is why Facebook really decided to jump into this because it's really cool if you take a look and see, you know, what meta means. And you probably would never know that it means most effective tactics available. And so it's an effective way to achieve a promise of the game, whether it's uh, to beat other players or to beat the entire game itself, right? So I wanted to share that with you because I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, Another interesting thing I want to talk to you guys about is a recall. So Blendjet recalls 4.8 million, ladies and gentlemen, portable blenders due to what? A fire hazard. So um, the recoil blenders can overheat or they can catch fire and the blender blades can actually, uh, they can break off, posing fire risks and lacerations and hazards to consumers. Ouch, ouch, ouch. According to them, they said consumers should immediately stop using the recoil blenders and contact Blendjet for a free replacement of the Blendjet to base unit. Consumers will need to remove and cut the rubber seal from the from the uh, from base of the recoil blender into three or more pieces and upload or email a photo showing the serial number on the bottom of the unit and its rubber seal in the pieces to blend, blend jet. Um, 
and they have a specific site, uh, www.blendjet.com forward slash safety and recall. You can also email safety at blendjet.com to receive a free replacement base. Now, consumers can identify whether they have recalled uh, a unit in question by entering the serial number of the unit into the Is My Blendjet to Recall tool locator at the www.blendjet.com um, forward slash safety and recall. Or you can actually call the Blendjet toll free number at 1 844 334 0562. That is 1-844-334-0562. Again, 4.8 million units being recalled. In addition to about 117,000 additionals that were sold in Canada. Again, in case you missed that phone number, it is 1844 334-0562, or you can go to blendjet.com forward slash safety and recall. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, the other thing I want to bring to your attention is the FNA group recalls the Simpson pressure washers due to a burn hazard. Uh, the lithium battery in the electric start system can overheat, posing a burn hazard. Consumers should immediately stop using the recall of gas pressure washer and contact the FNA group for instructions on how to have their unit repaired free of charge at authorized repair facility. In fact, they estimate this uh, impacts 2,930 units. You can visit simpsoncleaning.com forward slash voluntary recall or email voluntary recall at simpsoncleaning.com. You can call them at 866-733-8468. That is 866-733-8468. That's 888-866-733-8468. And one of my missions for 2024, ladies and gentlemen, is to bring you information that's not only going to help you become better like my other motivational shows do, but really to give you information that can help you uh, get out of a sticky wicket, uh, whether it's a tech issue or a safety issue. And I don't just mean things like, uh, you know, bad actors. I mean things that could affect your health. So we're going to be on the lookout for those things uh, or things that could cause you some type of bodily harm. We're going to be on the alert for those things, whether they're car recalls or other technology recalls. Um, definitely, um, we're going to be letting you know about that. All right. So we have another one for you. Toyota and Lexus are recalling one million vehicles. What the heck is up with these car companies? Like, like what's going on? So Toyota uh, Motor Company said this past Wednesday, and, and I quote, it is recalling one million vehicles over a defect that could cause airbags not to deploy, increasing the risk of injury. The roll call covers a range of Toyota and Lexus vehicles with models years 2020 to 2022. Included in the recall are Toyota Avalons, Camrys, Highlanders, uh, RAV4Ss, uh, Siennas, Corollas, plus some hybrids of those models. The Lexus models in the recall include the ES250 sedan and the RX350 SUV, among others. Now, the vehicles being recalled have sensors in the front passenger seat that may have been manufactured improperly. As a result, these sensors could potentially short-circuit, causing the airbag system to not um, determine the occupant's correct weight, 
and potentially not deploy in certain kinds of crashes. So what do we mean? So many of you guys uh, that have cars, if you ever put books or if you ever put something on the front seat, what will happen is um, when it detects that the weight, for example, is um, let's say the weight is actually too light, but it detects some weight, it'll automatically put the airbag, it'll deactivate it. If the weight is heavy enough, then the airbag will enable. So there is a little bit of a, a logic issue with that working because the sensor uh, is believed to be uh, faulty. So that is really a serious problem. And my question with a lot of these car companies is, I just feel they're not making cars as well as they used to. I mean, this is just my opinion. Um, and uh, I don't know what's going on, but I think this is a real problem. And there's another one that just came across my desk, which I definitely want to share with you guys. And that is a recall, ladies and gentlemen, on the uh, Hover One Helix hoverboards due to a fire hazard. That's great. You give somebody a holiday Hanukkah or Christmas present and then the thing catches on fire. The recalled hoverboards lithium ion battery can overheat, posing a fire hazard. Consumers should stop using the recalled hoverboards immediately and contact Hover One for instructions to how to receive a free replacement hoverboard. They estimate 25,000 units manufactured have been affected. If you recently purchased one of the DGL uh, Hover uh, One Helix hoverboards, uh, go ahead and contact them at 888-556-8426. That is 888-556-8426. That's 888-556-8426. So we're going to keep you abreast of all these things as a new thing that we're doing. And I think it's really going to be good for a lot of people that we can give you this information before it causes you any uh, unnecessary aggravation or potential harm to your health or any one of your loved ones. All right, guys. So uh, lots of lots of stuff going on here, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, just lots of stuff. And I don't know why manufacturers are not being so forthright, but I see this as a big, big problem. All right. So another interesting thing that I want to share with you guys is there's the impact of AI in the food industry. So what are we really talking about? So AI in the food industry is definitely making some changes, okay? And so when we think about AI, artificial intelligence, right? And we think about the impact, right? And if you had to ask yourself, you know, what is the impact of AI in the food industry? What is it? If I had to ask you that. So AI-powered precision uh, agriculture uh, is hopefully going to increase crop yields and preserve resources. AI-powered robots are supposed to streamline operations by automating various tasks from food sorting to delivery. Uh, individual nutritional demands and tastes will be catered for via personal nutrition and smart menus. But if we think about you know, the top eight ways that AI and robotics are changing the food industry, First one is going to be agriculture. The second one is going to be food manufacturing. The third is going to be uh, food packaging. The fourth is going to be cooking. The fifth is going to be food delivery. Okay. Six is going to be supply chain administration. Seven is going to be creation of new products. And eight is going to be food sorting options. So I think 
AI is definitely giving us, how can I say, a lot of food for thought, lack of a better word, no pun there intended. But I think a lot of people, when we think about AI and we think about food or we think about anything AI related, um, many people are hesitant. And it's because of, you know, situations like we experienced with, um, right, with, um, with writing. You know, I just, I don't want to scare you that all AI is bad. AI itself is not bad. It's how people choose to implement it. OK, um, like we're talking about here with AI and food, you know, sorting food, AI and machine learning. Um, they say don't make mistakes. I have to tell you they do. So they say it makes sense to use them for sorting food. But I got to tell you, they do make mistakes and they are not perfect. And I think the sooner we all realize, I mean, there's a lot of people that got billions of dollars riding on this. And so. You know, they want to hit me over the head because they're like, hey, John, don't say anything. I remember putting a post the other day about, you know, you shouldn't be using one, two, three, four as your password. Like, hey, John, don't say that you're going to spoil it for the rest of us. Well, if your password is one, two, three, four or password, then shame on you. I mean, really? I mean, you're like asking somebody to come in and steal your data. I mean, seriously. I don't know. The question I have right now is. How will AI make our world better? And will AI make our world better or worse? What do you guys think? So a lot of people will say, yes, it'll make it better. But I don't think it'll make it better unless we have people that have a strong understanding for what we need and that we have human safeguards in place. So it can improve efficiency. But it can also, unfortunately, take the human touch out of the picture. Now, building trust and empathy with machines is a challenge, okay? And of course, it needs to be addressed. But I don't think people are ever going to want to trust a machine. So people say to me, hey, John, will AI be a danger to humanity? So risks posed by AI are widely recognized. After hundreds of industries and science leaders have warned that mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority besides other social scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war. But the question is, are we trying to push out AI because we're looking to make money? Or are we pushing AI out there because we want to make this a better world? And if we're pushing out there to make this a better world, that's great and it's going to go far. But if we're pushing out there so that it could be the next big thing to put millions of dollars in somebody's pocket, then it's going to crash and burn. It's not nice to say, but it's the truth. And, you know, a lot of you are probably saying to me, hey, John, you know, I don't believe this. Elon Musk said something. I'm going to quote what he said. He says, you can have a job if you wanted to have a job for personal satisfaction, but the AI would be able to do everything. I don't know if that makes people comfortable or uncomfortable. 
So the question of the matter is, is AI going to make our lives better or worse? And again, I think it's a collaborative effort. It's not just a straightforward answer, right? Of course, we have things like helping robots for elders and, you know, uh, systems that can help uh, kids that are going through certain types of diseases, uh, robots teaming up with workers uh, to be able to, um, let's say, plant and cultivate uh, fields and agriculture, right? But I feel as we move into this world, I think there is still that disconnect of, you know, what's really going to happen. And I think everyone wants to feel safe. So I think what we have to do is we have to start trusting AI, but building some small test cases. Nothing that's going to be like, you know, majorly involved. I think going to the health world, I think for research is great, but I think when we're trying to use it to make decisions that take humans out of the loop, I think we're just looking for trouble. Like a good use of AI might be to, hey, Mercedes, why don't you use AI to figure out, you know, why your engines are having coolant leaks? Or, hey, uh, Toyota and Lexus, why don't you use AI to figure out how to manufacture sensors so that they don't become, uh, you know, a detriment or a liability for people that are in the car? You know, maybe that's something Tesla should have done. And um, I'm sorry, but when I hear that my friends have to like, you know, basically bash the window out of stoplight because they can't get out of the car because their e-tainment system is catching on fire. I have a little bit of apprehension from that. And I'm sure you can, you can probably back me up with that, right? So the big question I want to share with you is we want things to customize our world, right? And so you can use things like certain AI tools to create different types of graphics, but is that really you creating the graphic? I think AI is going to make some people lazy, and I fear that AI is going to take away and get people to stop thinking. You know what it reminds me of? You've ever gone to a, uh, a store and, you know, you give, them, you give them money for change. Let's say you go buy, um, you go buy a, a pack of gum. Let's just say it's a dollar. And you give them ten dollars, they give you nine back. One of the things I learned in my parents' business many years ago is that you know you want to figure out what the change is before the register tells you. You want to keep your brain going, you want to keep your brain doing the mental activities and not rely on technology. It's okay to use technology, but let's not have it take our place because we're lazy. That is the biggest thing I want to say to you. Hey guys, you know, it is December 29th. It is Friday. Tomorrow is December 30th. Sunday is December 31st. That's New Year's Eve. And Monday is going to be January 1st, 2024. First thing I want to say to everyone here, I want to encourage everyone to please go to BelieveMeAchieve.com. If you have not subscribed to my channels, especially my TikTok, please go ahead and do that. And I want to wish everyone here watching a very happy, healthy, prosperous, abundant, and safe 2024. And may it bring you everything that you wish to make your lives and others even better 
than they are today. I hope you have an amazing uh, rest of your night. And I leave you with one other thought. And that is, before you get to New Year's Eve, make a plan and write down what you want. A wise person once said to me, John, if you fail to plan, you have planned to fail. Let me say that again. If you have failed, if you have failed to plan, you have planned to fail. I am John Seymourly, serial entrepreneur. I'm a podcast host and a podcast coach and a specialist in helping businesses tell their stories so they will be able to scale and be more profitable. Now, I typically work with companies that bring in 10 million or more. I love to help people get to the root of the story and either create the story from scratch or help them work with a story that already that they already know about. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your uh, night. And remember to put down what you want to happen in 2024. For the one that never plans will never see their future that they desire. Have a great one, everyone, and be well, okay? Because technology is a tool. It's how we choose to use it that will shape our lives and the character for which we're in.